and welcome to episode number 31 of Between the Cracks podcast. I am your host, Bill. And guys, I have bad news. Unfortunately, Chris has yet to return from vacation. Um, We have no idea if he plans on coming back to the show. Um, I'm... I'm here. Whoa! Whoa! Who do we have there? Who is that? Richie? <laughs> oh, Chris, you're back, buddy! I am back. And I am better than ever. Uh, it was a nice, nice vacation. Um, I, beautiful, man. You got some time away. I, I fucking suffered here in this hellhole of a room recording that uh, last shitty episode by myself. Which is very awkward. I can imagine talking. <laughs> like, that's like if you're always doing a show where it's just you, then you're probably used to it. But like when you're doing every episode with another person and then you have to do it by yourself, that's just got to be weird. Oh my god, trying to be funny and make some fucking jokes. <laughs> oh god, there's no one there to laugh. No, just <laughs> and, and or anything. <laughs> you could tell by the fucking amount of sound effects I threw in there that it was just uh, completely cut and pasted <laughs> together. Oh fuck, it's pretty good though. But, a good episode. Well, thanks, Chris. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you get a chance to run with the wild horses? Uh, well, I didn't run with them, but uh, we did see some wild stallions Be- on the beach. Very um, nice. Yes, very, very beautiful animals. And it was, uh, it was, it was great. I mean, the weather was very hot and humid. Like you would walk outside some mornings at like seven and it would feel like it was the middle of the day heat oh fuck that which i don't deal with so it's either you stay inside where it's there's an ac or you're in the pool or you go to the beach like there's you can't just be hanging outside in that shit too hot but it was great the place had bikes like a ton of bikes it's one of those like <laughs> seems like you brought Ooh, somebody, I, you brought somebody back home with you either that or blue balls is jealous <laughs> And, uh, you know, like, all the homes there are all, like, multifamily homes, so, like, you know, there's always a ton of people in each each of the houses, but they had a bunch of bikes there, and, uh... Are those, know. all those homes that, like, they're built on stilts and shit like that? Mostly, no. There are some that were that way, and I guess we were, like, the third row back from the ocean, so, uh, the ones closer to the ocean, I think there were some that were, some that were a little elevated, but there's just, like, obviously you can't have a basement, you know, or, or things like that because of your your location uh relative to the the water and the thing about that location though is it's out you know it's stretched out hence outer banks it's stretched i guess out. we should tell everybody where you were the outer banks <laughs> <laughs> it's stretched pretty far out to the into the ocean so i mean that's like if if a hurricane comes through you know that place is essentially surrounded by water so you now, know, I'm now hold on, hold on, hold on one second buddy now with that said would you like me to uh stretch your Outer Banks? That does not sound appealing to me. <laughs> oh, but buddy, it is fitting for what you have planned tomorrow. Why don't you tell the good people? <laughs> uh, so today I am fasting and not by choice. No, this because be I good. always love to stuff my fucking face. I'm having a precautionary procedure, more so. A colonoscopy. Ugh. Okay, all right, well... And at approximately 6 p.m. this evening, I have to ingest a certain medication that makes you violently, and I mean fucking violently, convulse (laughs) out of your asshole. No, this is not going to be good. When you wake up tomorrow, you are going to be about 10 pounds lighter. If I fit into any of my clothes (laughs) after tonight, I'll be surprised. My doctor told me I can wait till I'm fucking 50 but i guess now apparently the new suggestions are 45 years old and above which i'm in that range now so uh it looks like i'm gonna have to be getting uh, a colonoscopy of my own done at some point maybe before the end of the year and it, the whole thing too is obviously with with all the insurance companies they'll fight you tooth and nail for allowing those procedures to happen because like you said if, if it was the age of 50 if unless you have circumstances where your history is, you know, bad in terms of having colon cancer or anything like it, they're gonna fight you for it. They're, but the doc, if the doctor doesn't put in that it's necessary, then you're paying out out the ass for uh, <laughs> literally. 
but crazy is because, um, and recently I didn't even realize this until uh, on the 28th, uh, Chadwick uh, Boseman, the actor, he played the Black Panther in those movies. Yeah, I never saw it, but I, I, I don't remember him, but apparently I, I was reading something about it, and he had kept it pretty uh, much under lock and key that he was even sick, right? He must have, because I didn't hear a word, and he's been pretty popular in movies because of you know the whole thing with with the Marvel Black Panther yeah. movies, all, all the movies with him and you know the Avengers and whatnot. Yeah, forty three years old, dude. dude. And they said he fought it for quite a few years. So I mean, he was I think probably he fighting was at... diagnosed at forty one, or damn, or his late thirties, maybe. God, that's so fucking brutal. Like, so he must have had. I haven't read anything up on it, but I'm assuming he must have had a family history of it. He was diagnosed in 2016, so he was. I guess 39. Damn, man. That's so fucking awful. He was diagnosed with stage 3 at that age, and then it it progressed to stage 4. It's not a diagnosis you would expect at such a young age. It's like the fucking kid from uh, the Baltimore Orioles, uh, Trey Mancini, last year. I I haven't checked up on on the status of him, but last year he was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer, and I believe he was just in his late 20s, early 30s at the most. But, That's um, fucking crazy. His dad had died of colon cancer in his mid-50s. Oh, wow, yeah. So this shit's making me fucking nervous. Maybe I should just schedule this goddamn thing. Well, it's the thing. I think a lot of the times these things are, you know, they're, they're genetic. You know, it's it's not... There's there's always, you know, those one-offs, I guess, that, that this shit can happen to people. But, you know, if you're... If you're you know, have a predisposition for this shit. You just gotta, and that's the only way, really, to get like the like I was saying, the insurance companies to to cover it. Because if you, unless you aren't, like, if you wanted to get one at thirty years old and you didn't have any history, you're they're not gonna cover it. Yeah, you're fucked. Well, that's the thing too, dude. It's like you know these procedures. Obviously, they're kind of invasive, and I think that puts people off, and they don't want to do it. But it's so necessary. I mean, nobody wants to get a fucking pipe put up their ass with a fucking camera. And have to, you know, you know, shit their pants for fucking 12 hours. But, I mean, it's just so necessary. Think about the fucking, uh, the other side of that if you don't get that done. I know. That's the shit that's, that's more scary to me is that, you know, there's always, for certain illnesses and things, like, there's always a sign. You know, like, you're getting signs that you have something wrong with you. But, like, things like that can progress and progress without you even knowing it. And then when you that's eventually the thing, man. do get a sign, it's too late. And it's too fucking late. All right, guys, that's the end of the show. Uh, this was, <laughs> we are here to provide some entertainment. So let me tell you one other thing, Chris. Let me uh, share some things that have happened with me since you were gone. Oh. Yeah, well, do you remember the whole birdhouse fiasco that I was building the fucking thing for my cousin? Yeah. Uh, she paid me a visit, and uh, the birdhouse was still not done. Yes, <laughs> my cousin Vicky came down from fucking Rhode Island to see the kids. We hung out for a couple days, and it was like the 800-pound gorilla in the room, the birdhouse. I didn't mention it. She wasn't mentioning it, but the the, the tension was there. So we're outside hanging out, and in the fucking birdhouse, I forgot I left it hanging on a tree. Because when I was painting it, I left it hung up on a tree and like so I could get the the bottom part of it and the under part of the roof and shit. So I sort of saw her eyeball on it, so I had to fucking come clean and, 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 and take her down to look at it. And you know what she hits me with? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 the thought that matters. Not, not that it, not that it looks fucking fine. It looks great. <laughs> I, I can may I please have this? No, it, it's it's the thought that counts. So <laughs> anyway, so now now I am in the process of building her a fucking another one, and our good friend of the show, Chris Smith Hedges, actually wants the birdhouse to keep as a fucking prop. That's like when somebody introduces a person and says they have a really nice personality. Oh, man, you just know you're in trouble. You know you're in trouble. Also, Chris, I got to tell you, I got a random email from a fan that said, uh, can I please have a copy of your research notes? And if possible, can you sign them for me? Like, put a little autograph on it? And, uh, uh-huh. and uh, But lo and behold, it was our good friend of the show, Chris Smith Hedges. And uh, she then hit me with the... Uh, Next line, it said, well, I know there is no research, so I just figured maybe I asked for some paper with an autograph on it. <laughs> but I, I came up with the great idea. Why don't I just photograph the Wikipedia page I'm reading it from, and I'm signing <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. So I am going to bring the birdhouse, oh, and Chris ordered a shirt, and the signed Wikipedia page to her place 
of employment, which I don't know if I want to tell, but she lives out there in Pine Plains, New York, so I will be headed out there to drop off all these Between the Cracks goodies to her. You can't put a price on that, Chris. <laughs> the service. <laughs> Signed Wikipedia page. <laughs> hey, listen, they're, they're the fucking lucky we're even out here recording this shit because I'm getting over it. Um, I'm fucking tired. I don't feel like doing this anymore. Maybe, uh, maybe the... Uh, Desire will come back once uh, fall hits, but right now I just don't feel like fucking doing this. We've rescheduled this episode so many times that I think the episode actually changed (laughs) (laughs) multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, originally we were going out west for that case in fucking Wyoming or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Then we switched it to this one. We went to something else, back to Wyoming, and now we're back on this. So, uh,. We, we have our work cut out for us for the next few weeks, Chris. But uh, <laughs> it's funny because we make it sound like you had just gotten back from vacation. You've been back for a fucking couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, I got back. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was two Sundays ago. Oh, my God. I just can't do it, dude. After fucking after eight o'clock at night, I just start shutting shit down. I'm not doing it. I'm done. I'm done. That's my time when I get in bed. I look at my phone. I relax for a little bit. Listen to other podcasts. Yeah. Now, Chris, buddy, uh, you are back. We've uh, come to that conclusion. We don't have time to sit still much longer. We have to be on the road because tonight. God, that doesn't even sound the same way I usually do it. That's how long it's been. Because well, it is 12.58 in the afternoon. <laughs> because tonight, Chris and I are headed to the last frontier. That's right, guys. We are headed to... Alaska for the first time in Between the Cracks history. Well, I, I expected a little bit more of a, a, a round of applause for that, but okay. I had, uh, yeah, I'll have to cue that one in. We are headed to Alaska by way of the Yukon Territory. Now, Chris, uh, this case dates all the way back in, in, into my era. I can cover shit from the 80s. Uh, for as long as this podcast goes, just I love that time era. I love the vibe of the whole fucking decade, uh, and especially this particular story as it was featured on Unsolved Mysteries, which is one of the fucking classic shows from the late '80s into the early '90s and late '90s, I believe too, with uh, my man Robert Stack. So, Chris, now with that little bit of rundown given, why don't uh, you do the honors and tell the fine people what we're talking about well that was interesting we have a young fellow by the name of philip frazier who is taking a journey from anchorage alaska all the way down to the evergreen college in washington state which i believe is in olympia washington have you ever been out west to washington state or Oregon? i have not but i desperately want to go out i want to go into that area and i also want to venture into canada out west too yeah dude i want to take the kids to alaska so fucking bad but i think the best way for me to do it with them would be a fucking cruise because there's so much to see you know like you just would go into a port for a day and then you get to see as much as you possibly can in a shorter matter of time you know yeah dude there is so much of well not only this country that i still want to see but um canada there's just Canada, I feel like Canada is like Maine on steroids, probably. Oh, it's beautiful, dude. Even like, I look at pictures like Vancouver, British Columbia. I mean, it's just fucking beautiful, man. It's unbelievable. It's funny because the segment on Unsolved Mysteries revolving around this episode was actually shot in Canada. I think they did a lot of that shit on location. And I mean, Mm. just like the wilderness and the the surrounding areas and the, and the, the cinematography is fucking out of control, man. It's so beautiful. My man, we could kill two birds with one stone. Not only can we enter into Western Canada or Northwestern U.S., but we can also go on the hunt for old Bigfoot. Oh, we're going where, back. We are going back after that asshole. Where he seems to be have seen all over that fucking place. I I, I really feel like I am done chasing after that fat tub of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, but it, it's it's yeah, just from pictures and stuff. I've Jasper in uh, in Canada is the footage of the, the lakes, dude, and the mountains oh, and everything. Man. It's just fucking. It's, I would I would love to just live off the grid in a location like that. It's fucking unbelievable. So, Chris, with all that said, let, let's get back to uh, tonight's topic, uh, which is the case of Philip Innes Fraser. What do you got for me, pal? Okay, so 
quick rundown, I guess. So Philip, as we mentioned, is going from Anchorage, Alaska to Olympia, Washington in the United States. This is not a easy drive. He is driving. And, and I'm assuming if you're making good time, this drive would be 43 hours long. Dude, that, I mean, there is, let me tell you something right now. I hate driving so fucking much. I, I, I maybe an hour max, but there is no life-changing event that can happen to me that's going to put me behind the wheel for 48 fucking hours. Not happening, or however the fucking long it is. And, and think about that, because not only is that crazy, but if you want to go to the U.S., I mean, I suppose taking a flight, but that 43 hours is probably the quickest way, let's just say that it was 35 hours, to get into the border from there. That is the closest distance from Alaska to the U.S. It's got to be at least a 35-hour drive. Dude, and it's so fucking crazy because, like, uh, as you said, he's going to Evergreen College in uh, Olympia, Washington, but he's got to go into the fucking uh, Yukon uh, Territory, right? So, like, I mean, that how desolate is that fucking area? I mean, I think oh, there's... Oh, God. It's, it's the... Isn't it the northernmost territory or northwesternmost territory, but it's the least populated? I think there's only something like 35,000 people in the whole fucking territory. So, you got to imagine how sparse that is and how creepy it's got to be on some of those fucking desolate highway roads by yourself there at night and not to mention he had car trouble so (laughs) i don't know if he knew his car had some issues going into the drive but apparently he lost two days due to car trouble and i'm assuming i mean unless you're a robot you have to stop and you have to sleep somewhere Either if you're sleeping in your car on the side of the road somewhere, or you have to stop at a hotel or something, because you can't just drive 43 hours straight. And this kid had to be of reasonable fucking intelligence. I mean, both of his parents were physicians. He was headed off to college. So obviously, you would think he would have the wherewithal to realize uh, whether or not his car could make it. I mean, at least he must have believed that it could. But he did actually, you know, prep himself, because he (laughs) Philip brought two guns with him. On a trip, right? So it's funny when he left Alaska and crossed into that Canadian border, they confiscated those guns because you're not allowed to bring fucking weapons past uh, borders. And I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming maybe in in Alaska, that's probably more of a thing where you're probably having rifles or whatever with you. Well, dude, if you're going um, down, a, if you're going into that fucking Yukon territory, you're gonna want some sort of protection, fucking be it from fucking uh, animals or humans. Right, and, and, and he he has those things confiscated pretty early on because he hits Canada, and he still has a long-ass drive through Canada, so he's, you know, I guess defenseless at and, this point. And, and, the, and the way the geography is set up is so fucking wild. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everyone knows where Alaska is. It's set up in a northwestern section of Canada, okay? So then coming east out of Alaska, you run into the Yukon Territory, and then Philip's route would then take him south down the Yukon Territory into British Columbia, right? And then he would go south through British Columbia into Washington State. So you gotta imagine that kind of, of, of fucking journey is going to take its toll on not only you mentally, but, you know, your fucking automobile and anything else you have with you. You can't go into that drive without a reliable car. That's... That's crazy, because, like you're mentioning, you get abandoned in a, in a section of Canada where there's nobody around for miles and miles, probably even 50-plus miles, for all you know. Uh, what the fuck are you going to do then? Freeze to death? That's it, dude. That's the, I mean, because back then, there were no cell phones. I mean, even if you had a cell phone, I doubt there's any cell towers out there. So there's fucking no way to get in touch with anybody. If you fucking break down, I mean, unless... God willing, a state trooper or some random fucking person comes by. Yeah. I mean, I guess given the time of year, you know, being in June, it wasn't terribly cold. So, you know, that's that's a plus in terms of worrying about freezing the fucking death in your car on the drive. Not to mention the snow. But who knows, you know, I mean, I'd assume there wouldn't be much snow unless you're going into higher elevations. But who knows, up in fucking... Alaska and northwestern Canada in June. I don't know if there's snow there still. There could be. Well, that's the thing. I'm. I mean, with those in those northern elevations, you gotta assume that there probably always is to, to some degree. As we said, with Philip's fucking car trouble, you know, he, his trip was already delayed by two days. So 
he's off course, all right? And, I mean, who knows? He's probably, I'm guessing he's maybe communicating with his parents via payphone, you know, or, or something of that nature. So, as Philip is continuing on his trip after this car trouble that he had, he pulls over into the parking lot of this little fucking cafe called 40 Mile Flat Cafe, which is in a town called 40 Mile Yukon. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the name of the fucking town. And I'll give you a little background. 40 Mile is best known as the oldest town in Canada's Yukon. All right, so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of fucking rich Canadian history here. But uh, as we come to find out, this stop unfortunately changed the course of Philip's life. Um, and uh, we find out that Philip was just stopped there to search for something in his car. At least that's what the owner of the 40 Mile Flat Cafe, who goes by the name of Gay Frocklage, that's her account. She said that Philip did not even come in there to eat, nor did he get gas. Um, apparently, there was a gas pump outside of the cafe. So he did none of those things. She recalls that she just saw him pull up into the parking lot and that he was searching for something in the back seat of his car. And now you talk about a series of random events that take place. I mean, just think about this. If this kid never pulled over to look for whatever he was looking for at that fucking precise moment, what happens next would never have happened. This is like wrong place at the, just the wrong time. I mean, inside this cafe, which there's nobody but one occupant right now, and this person uh, who is in the cafe is a little bit strange and, and enough so noticeably strange that the owner, Gay Frockledge, uh, her daughter is also there, Tina, she doesn't leave her daughter alone at all because she thinks this person's a little bit odd. Because there's only one person in the cafe, him, it's obviously a little more frightening because there's nobody else there if something happens. So I think he's grabbing a meal, this hitchhiker who... And he was dropped off by another random fucking Right, person. so we're, we're assuming that he, he hitchhiked to this location. He was dropped off by somebody. He grabs a meal here. And then when he sees Philip outside, which I'm guessing, I'm guessing he was the first person to show up there since that guy had been there because he finishes his meal quickly and pays. And then he runs out to Philip to get a ride. Philip isn't really interested in giving him a ride, so he first refuses. And then this guy starts running after his car. And then it says that Philip then decided to give him a ride. So I don't know about anybody else, but I wouldn't have given a ride at first, and I definitely wouldn't have given him a ride if he started running after my fucking car. That would have been an instant, all right, something's definitely odd, you know. Well, well bro, I don't know if you had a chance to see the... Uh, the episode of unsolved mysteries that this is on i just happened to watch it before we fucking did this and it's really weird so it has the guy who is playing philip parked in his car on the side of the fucking road and then this guy it looks like they're talking you know and philip begins like you said to take off and the guy kind of stumbles after him and almost reaches for the the fucking handle and then rather than philip taking off because the, the way it's parlayed is that it's obviously showing that philip wanted nothing to do with this guy getting in the car guy then reaches for it and rather than taking off and just running this fat fuck over philip decides to to let him in that's when they're shown driving off down this fucking desolate fucking highway that's when the owner of the cafe said that she knew that he just made a huge mistake by letting that guy into his fucking car yeah because they know how weird he was well talk in about fact, talk about yeah. weird dude uh sorry to interrupt you <laughs> i think i know where you were going with this they actually give some composite sketches of uh this fucking hitchhiker <laughs> i don't know and i don't know if you had i don't know if you had a chance to review them chris but i'm gonna, Did post, I ever? I'm gonna post them on instagram and facebook later so the good people can have a look and maybe they know something. I don't know. But uh, if you don't mind, bud, I know you're well rested from vacation. Would you be able to give us a little bit of a, a description of uh, <laughs> of these composites? There's three composites. All very handsome gentlemen. <laughs> and if anybody here has ever watched the, the Three Stooges, that's basically what I want you to picture right now. So specifically Mo. Because composite number two, if that's not Mo, I don't know what the fuck it is. I mean, yeah, and, and then you have composite number three that looks like fucking John Lovitz. 
<laughs> it really does. I mean, it this does. looks like the most unthreatening fat fuck you, you'll ever see in your life. I, I'll tell you right now, if I saw this fat moose try to get up on me and into my car, I, I, I would run him right over. Fuck that. Yeah, there's something about a desperation like that. I don't know. When somebody acts that way, it, it kind of always gives me a bad vibe. Oh, of course, without a doubt. And uh, Philip, we don't know what his mindset was. Was he feeling threatened or did he feel guilty? Like, oh man, maybe I should just do this and help this fucking guy out. You know, you know, we don't know what his mindset is, but you're right. If someone's acting that desperate, you know, I don't give a shit how innocent they look. I'll see ya. And especially on the travel he's got, he's he still has another 17 hours or so of driving yeah, from this man. point. And... You know, what's this guy, I don't know what this guy said to him, you know, oh, can you just take me another hour somewhere? I, I don't know. We don't know what the situation was, but maybe Philip just, was just taken advantage of in, in the terms of the fact that he just has maybe a personality where he's not really combative. And Well, dude, I'm so fucked up. I, I even think, like, to go on that long of a ride with somebody, like, I would already be thinking, what the fuck am I going to talk about for all this time? Because uh, I can't stand awkward silence. So I think that the, the awkward silence would be more of a concern of mine than getting fucking uh, hurt in any sort of way. I hate that type of shit. Yeah, I don't know. There has only been one instance where I've actually gave strangers a ride Ooh. and Ooh, i chris, chris whoa, whoa 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 do tell it was i was hiking and i was with somebody at the time so it wasn't like you know a big deal and these three they were like i'd say late 20s had just finished hiking and this was before the train station this was um breakneck bridge in uh, like the cold spring area okay this was before the train actually had a stop at, right at that location. So they were just asking for a ride to the train, which was like 10 minutes away. Not even. I agreed to give them a ride. You know, I use my judgment sometimes in terms of how the, the people look, how they're talking, especially if it's a group of three, three people. There was a, a woman and there was, you know, two guys. It's just, there's certain vibes you get, I guess, whatever. But if someone's on the side of the road sticking their thumb out, I don't even think you know, twice about that. Because you have to put yourself in a situation where you have to think about what kind of person would actually hitchhike. Who would who would be willing to have a stranger pick them up and take them into like... They're either very desperate or there's something wrong in, in their head. They're, there's something mentally wrong. And we are going to find out that uh, there definitely was something wrong with this motherfucker. One little detail that we should bring up is that Gay recalls that the hitchhiker paid for his bill in Canadian money. Okay, so just keep that in mind because remember, Philip is an American and he most likely is going to have the U.S. dollar on him, right? And this hitchhiker, for all intents and purposes, we believe that he is Canadian and he was paying for his meal with Canadian money. And this is going to come up to play later on down the road. So let's pick up the story right where we left off. They take off in the car and this is the last time Philip is ever seen or heard from again. I mean, it's tragic. It's fucking terrible. This is where the story starts to get a uh, little darker because uh, according to unsolved.com, apparently it was eight hours later and 200 miles south of uh, the 40-mile cafe that the hitchhiker was found on the side of the road and he flagged down two uh, locals, Eddie and Pauline Olson of Kitwanga, Canada. And he claimed that he was having fucking car trouble. So, you know, you could imagine whose car it is. It's fucking Philip's car. So he might not be fucking lying, actually, because Philip, as was reported, had car trouble multiple times along his journey. He was then in Philip's car. So we can assume that this is Philip's fucking car. And it's broken down on the side of the road again. These poor unsuspecting victims, Eddie and Pauline, come driving by, and in typical Canadian fashion, they are willing to help. What happens next is, in my opinion, <laughs> probably the most trustworthy thing I've ever heard of in my fucking life. Why don't you tell the good people what uh, old Eddie and Pauline decide to do with uh, this fucking hitchhiking fuck? Bless their hearts. They, although they could see that this man was a bit nervous they agreed to take him back to their home and let him spend the night in their basement how fucking insane is that it gets even creepier 
And obviously the Olsons don't know any better, but this guy spends the night at their place. Then the man introduces himself to the Olsons as Philip Frazier. That freaks me the fuck out. That that really fucking bothers me a lot, man. Like, so he's essentially taking over Philip's identity. The crazy thing is, is, and we're under the assumption, obviously, that the period of time that Philip and this person were conversing, I don't know for how long, in the car, that this guy figured out some information about him because he says that he has parents that are doctors in Anchorage and that he's going to college in the United States to study medicine. So obviously Philip had been conversing with him for quite some time, so they must have been talking for, you know, quite a few fucking hours to, for having had this hitchhiker get all this information from Philip. Oh, absolutely. So we know for a fact... Now, or this makes this makes it quite clear what happened. So he mentions that he wants to sell his car for a plane ticket because apparently there was an issue with the car as well. And we know back earlier that Philip had car problems trying to come down and lost a couple days. So this lines up perfectly with what had happened to him. So we know that the car he had must have been Philip's. So yeah, Chris, you're right. It had to be fucking Philip's car, obviously. But that's not it man i mean as we come to find out the olsons offered to buy the fucking car from, i mean come on who are these people yeah, i mean my god <laughs> the kindest people ever they offered to buy him the car because i guess maybe they felt bad for him that he was the story he laid out to them that he was a medical school student on his way to uh start off college in the uh washington area blah 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 all fucking lies the hitchhiker was willing to do so but the olsons wanted to wait a few days so the check could clear or, you know, it could go through customs, whatever the fuck they had to do. He didn't want to do that, so he, what he did is he fixed it, fixed the fan, and then thanked them for their hospitality and offered them a $20 bill. But now here's the weird thing. Remember we talked about the hitchhiker having paid for his food at the cafe in Canadian cash. Well, when the Olsons see him offering them money, he had two wallets on him, and he's shuffling back and forth between both of them. And it is at that point that he offers them a $20 bill in American currency. So yeah, now he's taking on the identity of Philip. He has his money. He has his car. He knows everything there is to know about him to steal his identity just, you know, in the short term. I guess, I don't know. He could have made up any story if he wanted to. But I guess he, he since he had that information at hand, he could you know, make it seem real. but And he obviously had to have Philip's ID on him, but I mean, they, they, they look nothing alike, but maybe they could have been like a credit card or some other bank card or something right. there that he could have used that to show that this was him by, you know, if he said his name was Philip Frazier, he could just show this card. But obviously, if he's showing his driver's license with the picture, this fucking guy looks like a stooge compared to uh, a young Philip. So, I mean, that right. would be way. Which would obviously be the reason why he didn't want to wait until Monday, because they wanted to have the purchase go through customs, and he would be identified immediately. So It's funny, man. Like When we come to find out what happened here, you realize just how lucky Eddie and Pauline Olsen are, man, because I was just looking up this fucking town of Kitwanga, Canada, and dude, it has a population of 480 people. So if this motherfucker wanted to pull anything... Remember, he's sleeping in their house at night. You know, he could have gotten away with uh, murder. Yeah. Which we There's... come to find out, he does. And the crazy thing is, too, is like, obviously, I could see the situation that this hitchhiker was in. The reason for him taking Philip's car, you know, you just don't know. Like, these people that, that are, are capable of just, just killing at will you know, their reasoning for doing it. And, like, obviously, staying at this this person's, these, this family's home, the Olsons, I mean, maybe there was more value in them being alive than them dead, but obviously it was a different scenario with Philip because he had a car, and I guess it was a means of transportation for this guy who clearly didn't have one because he was hitchhiking all the time. So, basically, what happens here is the car had to be repaired, so this guy goes out to repair the car, which... I don't know what the fuck this guy I don't know, just knows about cars or what, but apparently had a broken fan belt. He was able to drive away with the car, but 12 hours later, the car is found burned out 300 miles from where the Olsen's uh, home was. Yeah, Chris, so as you said, a half day later, fucking 12 hours later, 300 miles now from the Olsen's home. So this guy 
I guess I'm, I'm looking at the map here. So if he went 300 miles south, it looks like he might have ended up very close to the U.S. border. So obviously this guy doesn't want to go that route. So it looks like he headed east and the car was actually found in a town called Prince George, British Columbia. And the crazy thing here is that the investigators didn't find fucking shit inside the car. It was completely cleared out. None of Phillip's items or any of the shit he had had been recovered. We're under the assumption at this point right now that he probably killed Philip because he had he took his car, he was driving with his car, and took his wallet. So that leaves you with the belief that he either killed Philip or he took Philip's things somehow or, or and forcefully took them and then left him somewhere stranded with, with his car. But we find out the answer to that question because... On July 27th, six weeks later, they find Philip's body in a gravel turnaround. And this is 70 miles from the Olsen home. You got to ask yourself that question now. Was Philip's body in like the trunk of the car at that time? Or did the hitchhiker just happen to get rid of Philip's body right before the Olsen stumbled upon him? Because 70 miles, that's roughly what? little less or a little more than an hour away yeah from the olsen's home well that's the question here is where was his body found we we never actually get a specific location town wise as to the location of philip's body from everything i read all we find is that it was 70 miles from the olsen's fucking home and this area like i said this area is so fucking desolate dude it's like you know if you have 400 people living in this town 200 in this town who fucking knows? There's so little eyes on you that you could basically, like we said before, get away with murder. There's no doubt here, obviously, that this guy murdered Philip. We didn't actually mention, though, that so he, he, he was found six weeks later, 70 miles from the Olsen home, but he'd been shot to death with a pistol. Yes. So this tells you now this guy either had a gun or... Philip had a gun, and this guy was able to get to it somehow. Well, that's what but, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if remember that we said that the Canadian authorities uh, confiscated two guns. I wonder maybe if Philip had another one hidden that he didn't um, reveal to them, and they had that on him as protection. And this guy took control of Philip and took it over. Or this guy, as you said, might have had his own gun. Yeah, I, I'm assuming. I think that it, this guy probably had his own. He probably had his own thing. Yeah, his own gun, which makes it even creepier for the Olsons because. This guy could have been armed and sleeping in their basement. Well, yeah, man. Think about how fucked up that is. I mean, because even uh, Eddie Olson says that he has guns himself, and this fucking guy was sleeping right next to them. So what it's like, wrong with people, dude. I don't, I don't get it. It's like, but what's the mindset here with this guy? Like, I mean, was he killing for the hell of it, or was this planned as a way to? gain somebody's identity and move on to your next spot because why wouldn't he have killed the Olsons if he was just in it to fucking murder they'd be prime fucking candidates to be murdered i think it was a situation where he he stayed there he you know they let him stay there and i think to, to this guy the Olsons probably just had more value to him alive because of them potentially buying his car and taking him to another destination and from that point on they'd already been nice enough to tow his car let him sleep at their at his you know at their home either this either this these people have horrendous judgment or they're just the sweetest people on earth because i i don't i would never in a million years that's that's pretty much up to date now the details for this guy so they they he's a caucasian male Five foot nine, weighing two hundred and twenty-five pounds. So that's pretty heavy for a five foot nine whoa, person. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Back the fuck up! What are you saying? What are you getting at, Chris? I'm just saying, according to God damn it! But this is 2020. But this is cancel culture. They're gonna fucking shut us down, Chris. If you, you, your, <laughs> your, 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 your anger and and your inhospitable attitude, Chris. Well, let me let me read the description because it says weighs two hundred and twenty five pounds, has a flabby belly. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Back the fuck up! Back up again! What, a what belly? Flabby, 
flabby. <laughs> no, no, come on, man. <laughs> so, so now verbatim, <laughs> a flabby belly. Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting way to put it. So interestingly, too, they're saying at the time of the murder that this this individual was between the age of twenty and twenty-five. So, I, I was imagining someone older. I mean, the haircut looks so fucking stupid, so it's very difficult to to really make a determination, and especially when you're looking at in in, in a, a, you know a composite sketch, no less, when it's just fucking uh, black, whites, and grays. So, I mean, just and, and and two people in that era in the '80s, you just looked fucking older, you know. It's tough to fucking say, but yeah, I, I would definitely guess older too. I would guess looking at these sketches about you know late '30s, early '40s. The same thing that everyone else is thinking, obviously, is the same as what the investigators are thinking. They believe that the hitchhiker learned everything they could. This person uh, learned everything he could about Philip, and then they, you know, he killed him. And, and uh, you know, taking his identity after the murder. So uh, this is very calculated. This, this like, that, that tells me that this motherfucker must have done this before too. You know, to be that calculated and to to really kind of study Philip taking on his identity and then being able to maneuver around different people and use them for what he needs and then move in, move out, and, and be gone and not be caught. I'm thinking the same thing. I think this this could have been done before or was done after. Any poor bastard, I'm, I'm assuming at that point, any poor bastard that came into that cafe and, and agreed to give this guy a ride was going to be dead. You're right, but what saved the fucking guy that dropped him off at the cafe? And then what saved the Olsen? So, You know what I think it was? It makes more sense. So maybe, who knows? Maybe this guy didn't have the mindset that he was gonna kill Philip until he found out his information. Perfect candidate. The guy's coming from all the way from Alaska. He's got no one locally that knows him. It's an easy way for him to just to to take this guy's car and and be gone. And and I, I think maybe that was a scenario here. Well, you know what's fucking weird, dude, is that. And it says on the unsolved.com thing is that police believe that he is familiar with the Toronto area, which is all the ways fucking out east near us, yeah. or the Seattle, Washington area. So it's like, he, <laughs> so basically he's familiar with all of Canada and all of the United States. But that's an interesting fact now because we have uh, two suspects, but I've been reading up on that really makes sense. And two of them, you know, as we, see in the composite sketches there there are three very distinct looks especially the guy that looks like john lovitz okay so we have two candidates here dude and one is michael mcgray and mcgray was convicted of murdering several get this hitchhikers around a time of philip's disappearance when you see a picture of michael mcgray right next to the john lovitz fucking composite i would say nearly identical okay so that's one and now the other one is this fucking mess called uh roger hone brady who uh was charged with the murder of uh police officer martin gans right in vancouver washington so i'm wondering if that's the reason that they say that he might be familiar with that area as well because if you look at this fucking guy Roger Hone Brady. This is the epitome of a disheveled fat fuck. And he looks like he could be a dead ringer for that first fucking sketch. Now, I'm going to post them side by side, but both of these guys have been convicted of murder. So it would make sense, and the timing makes sense, and their uh, their MO makes sense. Now, now Chris, I just sent you uh, the one side by side of... Uh, mcgray and uh the john lovett sketch what do you think they did a pretty good job with this the sketch because all right so they right they use the the one that doesn't have the hair coming down on the forehead it's more up we the john lovett we call this guy the john lovett's one the john the, the john lovett's composite yeah i think that could definitely and does the age i'm assuming the age matches up yeah the, the age and it, of, the, the time period of uh the other murders that were taking place that he ended up confessing to so that's mcgray and now take a look at the other one that i sent you uh which i'm going to post online because it's fucking difficult for people to follow along when they can't see what the fuck we're looking at but uh the roger hone brady compared to the first fucking sketch yeah the hair he's uh has some pounds and um, both of these guys look fucked up so i mean 
you know, they they have a couple leads here, but apparently there was just never enough proof. There was no evidence, and I think you get that because of the fact that uh, Phillip's belongings were not found, and the car was fucking torched. So any bit of evidence or DNA or anything you might have had in there at the time, I mean, you're going back fucking thirty some odd years now, was burnt beyond recognition. So I'm just curious because with the two suspects that they have that we're looking at, there we do have witnesses of what the person looks like. You have the Olsons and the Frockledges that know what the suspect looks like. So I'm just wondering why they can't match McGray and Brady. Well, what's crazy, dude, you know, and now that you say that, it's funny because he's never been, at least for McGray, has never been conclusively... Uh, named a suspect, right? So uh, apparently they don't have enough evidence. But what's weird here is, remember I said that they believe that the suspect was familiar with the Toronto, Ontario area and or the Seattle, Washington area. So uh, Michael fucking Wayne McRae was born in Collinwood, Ontario. And then the fucking Brady guy was doing his killings down in Washington State. To me, it sounds like they think that those are the two fucking prime suspects that they just don't have enough evidence to go on. Unless they fucking confess to it, they're not going to be able to solve that. There's so much There's so much that they need to actually have. You can watch and look and, and, and be like, oh, it's so obvious. We obviously know it's this person. But when it comes to the law, like there's so much they actually need to have. Otherwise, they can't prosecute. And that's the thing, too. He's already convicted on other killings. So it's like, you know... What you, what, like what is it going to do? Yeah, it, to it, his sentence, to, 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 it wouldn't do. You know, he he he's he's done. But uh, unfortunately, fucking Philip's dad, Doctor Robert Innes, passed away on June fifth, two thousand fourteen. So he went to his grave without ever receiving uh, any answers as far as what happened to his kid. And you know, this happened in eighty eight. So he lived through two thousand fourteen. So all those years, you could just imagine the fucking torment that that family went through just not knowing you know like shit like this that happens or you just one one fucking small thing just just do not fucking hitchhike and do not pick up hitchhikers fuck never and this guy was coming from this guy was coming from Alaska to go to college and he happens to stop in this one spot. That's what's so fucked up of it, dude. It's just that random nature. I mean, just, I mean, he could have fucking stopped anywhere. Like we said before, the roads were so desolate. He could have stopped in the middle of the road. He probably wouldn't have seen a fucking car for an hour, you know? But it just so happens he probably saw this place. There was a gas station out front, a cafe. Ah, it looks safe. There's people here. Then you got this guy come up and forcing himself into your car. And then, you know, the rest is fucking history. That's it, bud. I mean, that's the case of Philip Fraser, and uh, as it stands today, it is still unsolved. You know, we didn't do shit to help out uh, <laughs> anything, so it is looking like it's going to remain unsolved unless something fucking breaks along the yeah. way. Well, hopefully it's one of the bastards that's at least serving time. Yeah, that's, that's the best case scenario, I guess, that we could hope for at this point. But, Chris, uh... Let me give the rundown uh, as far as how and where people can get in touch with us. And listen, we promise you guys we are going to get back on a weekly schedule. It's been my fault more than Chris's, I, 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 and I will take I, I will take the brunt of, of, of the blame for this. I, well, when we say we're going to get back on a weekly schedule, we said we're going to do our utmost. <laughs> That means we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to be texting each other. Hey, do you want to do this tonight? All right, let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it the next time. We're going to be trying. We're working hard for you guys because the numbers for the show, and we are very grateful for all of you that listen, the numbers keep growing. And um, you would think that it would inspire us to do more, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's having the opposite effect on us, Chris. I don't know what's happening. And we do have to remember that we are coming into the fall season, and with the weather being as nice as it's going to be, that's the less likely we're going to want to be inside. Yeah. So, uh, but we can only hope, though, that something will scare the shit out of us during the uh, the witching season, and uh, it will inspire us to uh, tell some oh, more of yeah. these uh, fucking scary stories. We'll definitely have to bring up some more hauntings as the, uh, the All Hallows' Eve approaches. Uh, oh, and it is approaching ever so fast. Next month. Yes. Now, Chris, let me give the... Chris, Please stop being so rude. I, I, you talked about my flabby fucking gut 
and insult me. So I'm already. Down I, mean, I didn't say anything about uh, your I'm already, I'm already down in dumps about myself. So let me uh, give this fucking rundown, and uh, we can get the hell out of here. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com. You can uh, follow us on Facebook, which is Between the Cracks Podcast. And I noticed we've had uh, a couple new followers in the past few days, so that's always nice to see. I, I, I'll make my way into uh, posting some shit on there. And, and I think Chris is an administrator too, so if he wants to post something, feel free. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you really want to get in touch with us, uh, you have any ideas for a story, you want us to uh, cover something that you might want to hear, you can uh, reach out to me on Instagram, which is Between the Cracks Podcast. Just message me, and uh, I will answer you back. We've had a couple fine people write us, and uh, I think they can attest to the fact that I do write them back. Uh, and if you want to donate uh, to the show, feel free. You can find us on uh patreon.com slash between the cracks podcast or you could donate to us out of your own uh, free will at paypal.com and i think uh we're under our email there btcpod2020 at gmail.com so whatever what about the t-shirts oh oh the t-shirts i am now chris i'm, I'm done i i think you saw my posting that i'm taking out the uh the, i'm done with the fucking um what was the company i was going through uh God, Custom Ink. I got to take the order, place the order with Custom Ink, then it gets sent to me, and then I got to send it back out. So I'm working on um, trying to get shit just set up on a website so you could just buy it, and it's going to be narrowed down to just the two designs, Blue Balls and fucking uh, the Skull. So that'll be taken care of at some point. So (laughs) (laughs) So at some point, the shirts will be ready by Christmas, okay? If you want to buy some. Things to strive for in 2021. (laughs) If you want to, you know, they'll be ready to buy for fucking Christmas time for the between the crack listener in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but is there really any? So uh, that's it. So uh, until next week, Chris and I bid you the fondest. Oh, farewell. <laughs> that was a good episode. I think there actually won't be that much in terms of... I don't think it's going to be a lot of editing. I think we did some clumps there. I think we did fairly well.